0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. College football today.
1: Oh, my. College bowl season is underway. Three straight games later today. Doesn't get better than this. Rockin' Rich Sermonello. Up until this point, the bowl season's been very
2: uneventful, but something tells me with today's action, something will change. I hope so. I mean that's what I'm looking for in my stocking at this point is a competitive, compelling, well played college football game. Haven't seen it up to this point, Joe. A lot of blowouts, a lot of lopsided football, sloppy play. We saw it yesterday in Idaho, Wyoming, blows out Central Michigan, Chippewa's with eight turnovers. So today I would like to see beginning with South Florida, Texas Tech a competitive, well-played game. I think college football fans are looking for the same thing.
1: Yeah, sit back, relax. Rich and I have you covered for the next three hours. We're going to take you straight through today's action all the way to next Friday. So we have about 18 or 19 games on tap. We'll be joined at 10.39 and 11.39 Eastern by Game Time Decisions host Gabe Morenci. We'll get Gabe's best bets for the week and more importantly, today's action. But Rich, we saw it yesterday with Central Michigan eight turnovers. Josh Allen with a big day, 11 of 19, 154 yards, three touchdown passes in the 37 to 14 victory over central Michigan. We saw Lane Kiffin blow out head coach, Terry Bowden and Akron 50 to three. And we also saw Frankie juice and temple 28 to three over FIU. But I want to get your thoughts about what was the most
2: impressive both, bowl, uh, bowl performance up until this point. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about it a lot throughout the season. Wyoming, we all got fixated on Josh Allen, and he showed flashes yesterday, which was good for NFL fans, declares for the NFL draft. You can see the potential in Josh Allen, his ability to make plays outside of the pocket Joe, there were some balls that he threw that had maximum RPMs. He has tremendous arm strength. I think he's still a little bit raw. Having said that, he's going to test extremely well at the combine, pro day. I think he's a first-round quarterback. But having said that, what a job by the Wyoming defense this year. I mean, the turnover chain is in Miami. I think for the time being, it belongs in a trophy case in Laramie, Wyoming, because that defense was, again, outstanding. Not a lot of household names. Carl Granderson, the defensive end. Andrew Wingard, the safety. Again, not names that we talk about on a national level, but with all the chatter about Josh Allen, well-deserved, That Wyoming defense, I think, has been the story of the first week of the bowl season.
1: Yeah, eight turnovers by Central Michigan led to that blowout yesterday. I mean, uh, Josh Allen with a solid day. Like I said, 11 of 19. I'm in a disagreement with some of the analysts and experts. I don't think he's a top-round pick. I think when you look at his performances against the better teams on the schedule this year, Iowa and Oregon, he did not elevate his team. Again, I think he's more of a project. Third, fourth, or fifth-round pick. Does remind me a little of Phil Phillip Rivers, but I think Phillip Rivers was a more polished quarterback coming out of NC State. We're just getting started. When we come back, we'll be breaking down Texas Tech and South Florida. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34. into today's action Texas Tech in South Florida if you want to talk college football with us give us a call 844-843-6879 that's 844-843-6879 you could follow me on Twitter at go for the two that's a number two you could follow Rich on Twitter at Rich Cermonello that's C-I-R-M-I-N-I-E-L-L-O big game in Birmingham Legion Field Texas Tech Cliff Kingsbury, Charlie Strong, Quinton Flowers in South Florida. Intriguing battle. Weather could be an issue. 20-mile-an-hour winds. Rich, I think that could affect Texas Tech's offense and more importantly, really lead to
2: Quentin Flowers taking over this game later today. Last game for Quentin Flowers. We've enjoyed watching his entire career. Dynamic run-pass option type of a weapon for South Florida. These are coaches that know each other. From the Big 12 days, they faced off three times. Charlie Strong, Cliff Kingsbury. Joe mentioned both of them. Charlie, 2-1 versus Cliff Kingsbury. I like South Florida in this game, particularly because of the weather. I think that's an interesting factor. Winds whipping up. Texas Tech, we know, leans heavily on the pass. Having said that, this has been, by the Texas Tech standard, Joe, an average offense. Worst offensive output in the last three years for the Red Raiders. Shimanek has done an okay job. Receivers, outside of Kiki QT, average receiving court. Not running the ball this year, so... Weather being a factor, grass field, I like the team that can grind out yards. Quentin Flowers, I think it's a favorable swan song for him. Better defense in South Florida. They're vulnerable, but Texas Tech has allowed 29 touchdown passes, only 18 sacks this year. So I think it's high scoring. I think it's competitive. Finally, we might have a game that's competitive in the fourth quarter but I'm taking South Florida in this one.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think when you look at Quinton Flowers this year, a dynamic effort, 53% completion percentage, 2,600 yards, 21 passing touchdowns. He's also rushed for 972 yards on the ground with 10 rushing touchdowns, but his ability to put pressure on Texas uh, Tech's defense on the perimeter, for me, will be the difference in this matchup. You look at Texas Tech over the last few years, they've struggled in run support. Two years ago, they gave up around 274 yards per game Last year, they got it down to 245. This year, they're much better, 154 rushing yards to opposing offenses. But I look at that game against Kansas State in Lubbock. They struggled with Alex Dent- Denton's mobility. And to me, I think that's the matchup when you look at Quentin Flowers in this ballgame. Coupled with the fact of South Florida is very solid in run support, holding opposing offenses to 126 yards per game. 33 total sacks, Bruce Hector, and plus 10 in turnover margin. For me, that's the difference. And the better head coach in this ball game, in my opinion, is Charlie Strong.
2: Barely. I'm not a big Charlie <laughs> Strong fan. I'm just not. I haven't seen anything in the last four years. I, I think this Bulls team, Joe, underachieved this year. I expected more. I thought they would be where UCF currently sits, which is a Peach Bowl invite against Auburn. I thought that would have been South Florida. Instead, they lose two games. So Charlie did not do a good job this year, didn't do a good job in his three seasons at Texas, uh, seven losses every year. So I'm un- underwhelmed by Charlie Strong, but he's got the best weapon in Quentin Flowers. He's got a lot of defensive speed, defensive talent. You mentioned those takeaways. For me, it comes down to interceptions. 18 picks this year. Those 33 sacks that you talked about, very active up front, active in the back end. And players like Mazzy Wilkins, who we didn't talk about in the offseason, had a great year at cornerback. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, I don't try to psychoanalyze too much. It's kind of hard to get into the minds of these kids. But for South Florida, who didn't have an opportunity to play a big game against a Power 5 opponent this year, didn't really have a chance to prove it. Had those couple of losses, obviously the UCF being one of the big ones. I think beating a Power 5, beating a Big 12 team still matters to this program. I think if they can end an average season with a win over Texas Tech, that's a big deal for USF. Not sure if that's going to be the case for 6-6 six six Texas Tech. So I'm taking South Florida again. But my, my biggest wish for this game is let's see a 42-35 to 35 type game back and forth. I think it's a possibility I think it'll be competitive. But at the end of the day, give me Quinton Flowers. Give me the better quarterback yeah, in this
1: one. Yeah, I agree with you. And when you look at Texas Tech this year, the one thing that they're doing better than they've done in recent years is forcing turnovers. They enter this ballgame, plus 11 in turnover margin. But I'll go to South Florida's resume overall, Rich. They did dominate Illinois at the early part of the year, and they dominated Temple, a very strong defensive front seven. So that's the matchup I look at in this ballgame. Their ability to run the football between the tackles and then have Quinton Flowers attack that defense on the perimeter. Again, when you think of Texas Tech overall, a speedy defense, undersized, they can run sideline to sideline, but in the interiors where they wear down, and that's where Kansas State was able to wear them down in that matchup. If USF can run the football, that'll open up up play action for Flowers, and for me, that's the matchup, and I I think they dominate this
2: game. I see a 14-point more uh, victory for uh, the Bulls in this ball game. Well, we'll see. I, you know, South Florida, to me, makes too many mistakes. Again, that's one of my knocks on Charlie Strong. If you look at the penalties, USF just makes a ton of mental errors. I think that falls on the coaching staff. Uh, look for a couple of players. Dearness Johnson, USF. He's a home run hitter out of the backfield. And defensively, you're right. Texas Tech gets a lot of takeaways. 27 this year. The one player that's really impressed me is Dakota Allen, their linebacker. He's someone who'll really be spying Quentin Flowers all day. You
1: think it's high scoring? I'm I going under with the wind. I think it's lower scoring well, now. Yeah. I, I could see 38-28 in that area or 38-21. It'll be interesting 21. to see
2: how Kingsbury adjusts since this offense is so pass heavy. If the wind is whipping up at Legion Field, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get uh, Justin Stockton more involved, the running back with the offense, that's not customary for Texas Tech. So yeah. if wins a factor, that could be a problem for the Red Raiders. It
1: can be. It's a 12 o'clock kick, so keep an eye out. It's the first game today. We'll turn our attention to the most intriguing matchup on the board. It is a four thirty kick. It's Army against San Diego State and head coach Rocky Long leading rusher Rashad Penny that leads the nation with 2,027 rushing yards, 19 rushing touchdowns. But this is an RB offense that's averaging 355 yards per game. They're converting 53% of, the, of their third down conversions. It is the triple option. I think they're going to be in this game from start to finish. I think they pulled the upset all, all over San Diego State later today. Well,
2: I, I think they'll certainly be in this game from start. I, I disagree with finish. I, you know, San Diego State has had too much time to prepare for a one-dimensional offense. Listen, I, I love what Jeff Monkin has done this year. Remarkable job and army capping it with a victory over navy and a commander uh, chief trophy ahmad bradshaw was dynamic in that game over 1500 yards rushing but obviously they don't throw the ball you know they, they they might not throw the ball at all they've had wins where they haven't had to pass at all this season the san diego state defense though rocky long always does a great job of having these guys ready top 10 nationally against the run now you've had weeks of to prepare for Ahmad Bradshaw, watching that game uh, in Philadelphia against Navy, preparing for that team, number nine nationally against the run. And then you have Rashad Penny with one more opportunity to impress NFL scouts, to impress the nation. I think this game is close in the first half, but the athletes, the run defense of San Diego State, I believe the Aztecs pull away late.
1: And the one thing that Rocky Long and San Diego State have done in recent years is step up in bowl competition. They dominated in the Hawaii Bowl two years ago. Last year, they dominated in their matchup against uh, Greg Ward Jr. and Houston and Major Applewhite. So expect San Diego State to be into this ball game defensively. Only giving up 111 rushing yards per game. They're plus eight in turnover margin, and more importantly, holding opposing offenses to only 193 passing yards per game, but I still feel quarterback Christian Chapman will have to make plays. He's completed 60% of his passes, over 1,800 yards, 13 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. This is an Army defense that is only allowing 189 passing yards per game. If they jump up early and are able to dictate tempo, could be a very long day. Even though San Diego State's played two triple option teams this year, New Mexico and Air Force, they won both of those games, and Rocky Wong has a stellar record
2: against triple option teams. I think Army wins this ballgame. Yeah, and listen, uh, using Air Force as a barometer, Army actually played better against Air Force than uh, than San Diego State did. So in terms of common opponents, that favors Army. But, you know, you mentioned Christian Chapman. That's ironic because that's where I was going to go next. Not a great quarterback, not a Sunday quarterback, but he is experienced and he does give some kind of a threat. That army has to contend with army is outstanding at the linebacker linebacker position led by alex ackerman but in terms of the secondary this is a marginal defensive backfield i think there are going to be opportunities on play action with rashad penny in the backfield to play action his way to a couple of big plays. That's all it's going to take to keep the Army defense honest. So there's a threat of the passing game. That does not exist on the Army side. So again, I, I think Penny finishes big, whether it's special teams, receiver, running back, and I think San Diego State pulls away for a double-digit victory.
1: Wow, I think it's going to be high scoring now. Now, Army-Navy was low scoring. Both teams are going to run the football. If San Diego State does get some momentum, they could blow out Army in this ballgame. But I could see this game going back and forth, and each team, each team's ability to run the football will be the difference, work off a of play action. But I like Army and the over in this ballgame. When we come back, we'll be bra- breaking down App State and Toledo. Joe Lisi and Rich Cermonell live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 844- 84 T S Y. That's 84-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Your free fantasy source, twenty four hours a day. Rocking and rolling, App State Toledo. It's a rematch of last year's bowl game. Appalachian State did get the victory 31-28. to 28. Rich, I think they match up very well against the Rockets and Logan Woodside in this ballgame. I think they're in this ballgame from start to finish. I'm calling the upset as well. I think their ability to shut down Toledo's rushing attack, they're only giving up 147 rushing yards per game. To me, that's the difference. Jalen Moore has a big day as well. App State 34, Toledo 30.
2: Yeah, it's a compelling matchup. I I, I like when you can get a game between two conference champions, in this case, Mac champ versus Sunbelt champ. I I think we're thinking the same way i I, i'm gonna take toledo to win the game it's too many points though it's more than a touchdown i really like the makeup of this app state team love the coaching matchup if you're an athletic director if you're a p5 program you're thinking about who might my coach be in 2019 2020 well both of these programs have top-notch rising stars at coach uh, scott satterfield at app state jason candle at toledo now Toledo has the more potent offense led by Woodside and his weapons, Terry Swanson in the backfield. But to your point, App State is more of a pro style team, solid defense. They could run the ball veteran leadership on offense, outstanding offensive line. Taylor Lamb run pass option behind center Jalen Moore who was not healthy in 2017, comes into this game at full strength, watch out for him to control the clock and play keep away with the Toledo offense.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think when you look at App State's defense in this ball game, they do have 33 total sacks and more importantly, holding opposing offenses to 34% on third down conversions. If they could force Logan Woodside to methodically work down the field, that could be the difference as well. And they have an experienced quarterback in Taylor Lamb that has thrown 20. Seven touchdown passes, and they've been there before. They know they could beat Toledo. They knocked them off last year. They were able to dictate the, te- the tempo in that matchup, jumped up early, and really never looked back in that ballgame. They never gave away the lead to the Rockets in that matchup. I look at Toledo as well. They're not the same offense after Cody Thompson did go down. Terry Swanson, yes, over 1,300 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, and I like the kid, the backup uh, freshman Seymour that does have over 700 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns but i look at the defense of toledo as well in terms of the secondary giving up over 200 passing yards per game that's where lamb could work off a play action and more importantly i think the defensive tackles of app state are the difference they could create
2: some quarterback pressures are you saying they're more physical team i think they are in the trenches uh, without a doubt yeah toledo has more flash logan woodside You know, could be one of the two or three best group of five quarterbacks in the country. Certainly in terms of statistics, he puts up big numbers, will continue to put up big numbers. And I think they'll score today against App State. But that physicality, again, I'll go back to the offensive line. This is a very good front wall for Appalachian State. They've protected Taylor Lamb. They've created space for Jalen Moore. Ike Lewis now has has really given them an option in the passing game on the outside. So Appalachian State is a very well-coached team. If I have one concern going into this game, besides that potent offense of Toledo, is you're going to have to put pressure on Logan Woodside, disrupt him in the pocket, and App State will not have their best pass rusher. So 33 sacks, but almost a third of those sacks... Coming from T. Sims, who is not going to play in this game. He's injured. So, who steps up on that Appalachian State defense? pick up some of the slack in terms of pressure t sims is a big time talent so it'll be interesting to see if uh if satterfield has been able to develop options in his wake
1: yeah and i think the other matchup you mentioned the offensive line uh, statistically only allowed eight total sacks and app state's offense converting 41 percent of their third down conversions you look at the flip side with toledo they're in the area of 38 39 so if app state can maintain drives Keep their offense on the field and keep Logan Woodside on the sidelines. That could be the matchup as well. Now, I think there will be points in this ball game, and when you look at App State in terms of some of the teams that they faced, they faced a very blue collar team in Wake Forest this year. Lost that ball game twenty to nineteen. It was yeah. at home, but they matched up in the trenches with the Demon Deacons, and that's why I like App State as well in this matchup.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, uh, Wake Forest, which turned out to be a potent offense you know, had some problems in that game. Uh, Georgia scored less than they did during the season as as well against Appalachian State. So, you know, again, I like balance when picking games. Appalachian State has that offensively. I like physical defenses. App State has that with Eric Boggs at linebacker, Clifton Duck, The cornerback, one of my favorite names, second year player, picks off a lot of passes. You know, you mentioned weather in Alabama in the first segment, second segment actually, uh, in terms of Birmingham. I wonder if weather in Mobile will be a factor because, you know, Appalachian State is the better running team in this matchup. Toledo leans more on the pass. So if Logan Woodside has to deal with some stiff winds, at Legion Field. I wonder if that's going to be a factor in this game as well. Yeah,
1: we'll check it during the break. Another matchup, if you wanted to watch it out, play out, is Toledo against Miami. They started fast in that ball game, and Miami was able to run the football between the tackles with Homer in the second half of that matchup. I know it was earlier in the season, but they were able to wear down Toledo's defensive front. So when we break down these bowl games, and Richard and I were talking during break, I don't look at the statistical... Uh, aspects so much as matchups which team matches up against each other and how can they move the football and I really think that App State matches up and more importantly does not fear Toledo in this ball game I think they get the outright win today Yeah,
2: I'll take the points. Uh, I'll still think that Toledo, I think with Woodside and under center, I I think they find a way to get a victory. But again, I I think this should be a competitive game. The eight points, which I think is the line, eight points seems uh, high to me at this point. Yeah, it's seven and a half, eight. I think
1: the revenge factor as well. People realize that Toledo lost last year 31 to 28. They were about a two and a half point favorite in that matchup. They are looking for revenge. So that's why you see the big number. I think both teams are equal in terms of statistical... I agree. information and players in this matchup. We'll turn our attention to the Hawaii Bowl. It is tomorrow night. It's Houston and Major Applewhite playing up against uh, Jeff Tedford and Fresno State. Fresno State, what can you say? I mean, a major turnaround this year. 1-11 in 2016 to 9-4 last uh, this year, making it to the Mountain West Championship game. Much of that success did come on the quarterback of uh, former Oregon State quarterback Marcus McMarion. He's played very well, 14 touchdown passes, completing 61% of his passes. But that defensive front, Rich, holding opposing offenses to 119 rushing yards per game
2: is the main reason why Fresno State was 9-4 and four this year. Well, I mean, Jeff Tedford did a remarkable job. I, I did not think this hire would go well. It felt like a retreat hire. I thought Fresno maybe would go for a young offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. But they go back to Tedford and, and in year one just did a fantastic job. Let's give some credit to Orlando Steinauer, young uh, Canadian football player, now the defensive coordinator for Tedford. I thought he did a fantastic job of coaching up that unit. They're disruptive. They're fast to the ball. They'll create takeaways and sacks, but offensively, Both of these teams are kind of stale. I I, I think this could be a a physical, low-scoring kind of game in Hawaii. Hawaii Bowl, I tend to think of a lot of points. I think anything surrounding the Hawaii Bowl or the Hawaii Warriors when they're playing there, I think of points. I think this will be more of a defensive-minded game. Both offenses have struggled. Over on the Houston side, Major Applewhite has used three different quarterbacks, could use Derrick King and Kyle Postman as well. He doesn't have his offensive coordinator, Joe. Brian Johnson is one of the rising stars among offensive coaches. He's now a part of Dan Mullen's Florida staff. So what does that Houston offense look like? Houston, under Applewhite, never took off offensively. Major Applewhite was supposed to be an offensive guru. That didn't happen. So I think this is relatively low scoring, sloppy offensively, a game that's dictated on turnovers it is also an opportunity to watch ed oliver in his sophomore season this kid is an nfl ready defensive tackle one of the best defensive, uh, defensive players in America, but he can't go to the NFL until 2019.
1: Yeah, that's the matchup. I want to see the front seven of Houston in this ballgame. They're holding opposing offenses to 149 rushing yards per game. You mentioned Major Applewhite. He did not have the team ready last year in the Las Vegas Bowl. They got blown out by Donald Pumphrey and Rocky Long in that ballgame. But I think he'll learn from that, and that's where I'm going. When I, I really like Houston in this ball game, Rich. I think when you look at Houston, Houston struggles this year from a defensive perspective. They struggled against wide-open offenses that were able to sp- uh, stretch them vertically. Texas Tech gave this gave them some issues. Tulsa gave them some issues. That's not what Fresno State is. They're more of a methodical offense. They're rushing for right around 159 yards on the ground, passing for 227 through the air, but they aren't a wide-open offense. They still want to establish a run, run and work off a of play action. When I look at the defensive front, on seven of Houston that's where I think their uh, ability to force McMarion to beat them over the top that's the difference now they only have 22 total sacks negative two in turnover margin but I just think they have the speed on the outside defensively and with those wide receivers are Bonner and Dunbar 139 total receptions 1700 receiving yards seven touchdowns That's the difference in this matchup. Houston wins. I say 13-point victory uh, uh, tomorrow night.
2: We're in agreement. I I, I like Houston as well. I think you love Houston. I like Houston. I love them. You do? Yeah. Yeah, the inconsistency concerns me, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not sure how much success they'll have offensively against that Fresno State D, which has been consistent throughout the year major applewhite has struggled to really unlock the potential of those offensive players but defensively you're right more speed more size mcmarion has been a nice addition from Corvallis, but he's not a great quarterback, not an accurate passer. I think he'll have problems against that Houston defense, so I like the Cougars. I just think it'll be a little bit closer. I think you'll be sweating out your Christmas Eve as you root for the Cougars.
1: Well, we'll see. I mean, Fresno State has done a great job in terms of forcing turnovers this year. They entered this ballgame, plus eight in turnover margin, only giving up 202 passing yards per game, so if Houston struggles to move the football early, it could be a long day, but look for Duke Catalan to break out as well. Over 600 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. When we come back, we'll be talking about the other games later in the week. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. up a notch, talking a little West Virginia-Utah later in the week. West Virginia, no Will Greer, no Justin Crawford. You look at Utah, Tyler Huntley will play in this ballgame, Rich, and when I look at Kyle Winningham, he's won his last four bowl games as head coach of Utah. I just don't buy Dana Holgerson in this spot. And more importantly, I think the more blue collar team in this ball game is the Utes and their ability to force chugging off the new starting quarterback to beat them over the top is the difference Utah wins. I want to say a blue collar, low scoring 38, 28 victory over West Virginia.
2: I, I usually don't look at trends in the postseason because every team is different. Every season is different. There's a different makeup coaching staff oftentimes, but it would be foolish to beget, bet against Utah at this point. I mean, forget about the last four games. How about Kyle Whittingham 10-1 and one in the postseason as a head coach? How about Utah 13-1 and one in their last 14 bowl games? Nobody prepares better for a December football game than Kyle Whittingham. And the flip side of that, if you look historically, West Virginia just 2-5 and five in their last seven bowl game so in terms of the track record and the history i have to go with utah but i'll also look at the quarterbacks if will greer was in this game you know i like will greer excited that he's back in our game we'll be covering him next season David Sills decided he's coming back, their star wide receiver. So West Virginia and their fans have a lot to look forward to in 2018, but I don't like the matchup with Utah because Tyler Huntley, when he was healthy, was a dynamic quarterback for the Utes. Again, run pass option, athletic, was improving as a passer. Then he got dinged midway through the season. Troy Williams had to come off the bench. The Utah offense went south. I think with Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss in the backfield, 1,000-yard rusher, Darren Carrington on the outside, we'll see more pop out of that Utah offense against a West Virginia defense that, quite frankly, has struggled all season long, albeit in the Big 12, facing better competition. But I like Utah in this game. now. I think it could be competitive early, but Chuganov against that that Utah defense, I think he's going to wilt. I think he's going to have turnovers, and, and I think Utah pulls away. This is one of my best bets of, of the next wave of games.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think when you look at West Virginia defensively as well, that's where I have concerns. They're giving up 204 rushing yards per game, giving up 247 passing yards to opposing offenses, negative five in turnover margin, and more importantly, 18 total sacks on the year, Rich. If they cannot force Huntley or Williams into third down and long situations, this is going to be a very long day for West Virginia. And More importantly, let's look at that game in Morgantown later in the year when Texas was able to dictate tempo. Now, I know Will Greer did get hurt in that ballgame, but defensively, they still force West Virginia to methodically work down the field. You look at that game against Oklahoma, Chuganoff struggled. He's only completed 54% of his passes over 400 yards two touchdowns no interceptions the extra time will benefit him but this is still a West Virginia offense with Crawford in the lineup that could not run the football consistently they were only averaging 160 rushing yards per game but over the last five weeks of the season they struggled from week to week
2: especially running between the tackles yeah those 18 sacks are a problem for me and historically West Virginia really this decade has had a difficult time getting after the quarterback. I mean, they have so many good athletes on defense. One I'd like to point out is David Long. He is really one of the exceptions. They have very good safeties in Morgantown. David Long, their linebacker, who missed most of the first half of the season, came on like gangbusters down the stretch. I mean, this kid was outstanding at creating pressure in the backfield, really dynamic kind of a defensive player. They're going to need more from him. He's going to have to disrupt the timing of Tyler Huntley. But I think Huntley's going to be the story, Joe. I I think this is a quarterback under that new offensive staff who really could take off in 2018. This could be his launching point in Dallas where he makes a statement that Utah finally has a quarterback, maybe not since Alex Smith, who could really put pressure on defenses. And again, I, I wish this was Will Greer I wish that Justin Crawford was in this game. I think it would be more entertaining. But without those players, I I, I think Dana Holgerson's offense could be a little bit impotent. Against Kyle Whittingham and the guys,
1: yeah, and that's a great point. You look at last year, West Virginia playing Mark Richt in Miami. Holgerson did not have this team up to par and ready for that matchup, and that's the matchup from a statistical standpoint. West Virginia is going up against an offensive line in Utah that has allowed 32 total sacks. Now Huntley's a mobile quarterback, so is Williams. So their ability to make plays out of the pocket as well could be the difference in this ball game. But you're still talking about a Utah defensive front, Rich, that is only giving up. 139 rushing yards per game and holding opposing offenses to 39% on third down conversions. When you have a new quarterback, even though he is a junior, that could be the difference, forcing him to make his reads and progressions. I I think they wear them down late in this ballgame. Now, Utah did not play well last year in their ballgame against Indiana. They allowed the Hoosiers to stick around. They still won that ballgame very close, but I think they start fast, put the pressure on West Virginia to match them score for score,
2: and I do think they get a 10 to 13 point win in this ball game. And, and traditionally Utah, which has not had a great season by their standard defensively, they're always physical at the line of scrimmage. Lola Tule off uh, uh, f- Mocifisi, Filippo Mocifisi, uh Bradley Anai. Bradley Anai is a young kid who has really come on late in the season getting to the quarterback. I think they dominated the line of scrimmage, and with a young quarterback taking snaps, they could put pressure on Chuganoff and force him into turnovers. So this is the more physical, more bare-knuckle type of a team, so I think they'll run it. Mix in a little play action with Tyler Huntley. At the end of the day, don't bet against Utah at this time of the year. And and Holgerson just does not have all of his weapons offensively. That's going to be a problem.
1: Yeah, it's intriguing. I'm I'm saying 38-28. Do you see high? I mean, high I do. School?
2: I do because of the West Virginia defense. I I, I think Utah gets into the 30s. Uh, 38-28 sounds about right at this point. Yeah,
1: we'll see. Keep an eye out. It is Tuesday night. We'll check it. We'll move our attention to another intriguing ball game. It's one that I know. Rich and I are going to be bucking heads on Kansas State and Bill Snyder 7-5 taking on UCLA interim head coach they're 6-6 overall Josh Rosen will play in this ball game but whichever team could dictate tempo will win this ball game you're talking about a methodical Kansas State offense that's only totaling around 370 total yards per game and their secondary is giving up 310 yards to opposing quarterbacks on the flip side you have a, a very pass-heavy offense led by Josh Rosen passing for around 347 yards per game but they cannot stop the run. They're giving up 282 rushing yards to opposing offenses. There's no way I could back Kansas State here, Rich. You know that. I'm going with Josh Rosen. I think he forces Kansas State to match him score for score. I think UCLA has the speed to stretch that K-State defense vertically. That's the difference. Blowout City, UCLA,
2: 17 or more of the Wildcats. Well, I, this game must have driven you crazy because I know you don't like UCLA. And I know you don't like Kansas Crazy. State. We go through this year after year. I, I Listen, I would be shocked if this was a blowout. I, I don't think UCLA's heart is in this game. Rosen may play, but he's going to have, you know, one foot in, in the bowl <laughs> game and one foot in his pre-draft uh, a combine performance. So, uh, great kid. I think he could be the first pick overall. Very talented. But I, I don't think UCLA wants any part of this bowl game. Jed Fish is the interim head coach, you know, kind of – holding the the bucket until chip kelly comes on board kansas state i think this matters bill snyder always has his uh, kids ready and you touched on the one statistic which leads me to believe that kansas state will win this game going away which is ucla can't stop the run kansas state loves to run the ball now Zach Ertz, their starting quarterback is out has been out for a while But now the Wildcats have had an entire month to prepare their quarterbacks. Alex Denton, Skylar Thompson, who played very well down the stretch, a young first year quarterback. So I think Kansas State, you want to talk about tempo? Kansas State will dictate the tempo. They'll control the ball, play, keep away from Josh Rosen. I think they wear out a very bad, very soft UCLA defense. This is the last residue of the Jim Mora era, and I don't think it'll look pretty. I don't see the blowout. I love Rosen. I love what Jordan Leslie, their their wide receiver, has done. Uh, took over uh, for for an injured uh, Darren Andrews and has really played well. They'll have some pops maybe through the air, but the special teams at K State running the ball. K State defensively, they're very scrappy, led by Will Greer. Uh, Will Geary on the uh, interior, of the defensive line. I think Kansas State just blows out. Kansas UCLA. State's going to need Will
1: Greer in this ball game. Yes, the, well, you know it's a matchup style, and this is what makes this game so intriguing because to me, when I break it down now, Kansas State rushing for around a hundred. 186 yards per game they're passing for right around 187 but in their front seven they're holding opposing offenses to 121 rushing yards per game they're able to force turnovers and when you look at UCLA they can't run a lick Rich I mean last year they were under 100 yards per game this year they're only averaging 117 rushing yards against opposing defenses that's in the Pac-12 as well so Again, whether Rosen plays a half, whether he plays the full game, I think to me that's the difference. We're talking about a Kansas State defense giving up 310 passing yards per game. They allowed four opposing quarterbacks in the Big 12 to pass for over 400 yards. Josh Rosen looking to go out in style. I don't love him, but I love him in this ball game. I think they dominate.
2: Well, speaking of going uh, uh, going out strong in style, how about Kansas State? The way they finish the season, right? Wins over Oklahoma State, wins over Iowa State, and UCLA outside of Westwood this year—a big goose Going six. I mean, this is this is a terrible football team outside of Rosen. Maybe lastly, on the outside, can you can you beat a quality Kansas State team? With one player alone, I don't think so. And I'm not sure if Rosen's heart is going to be in this game. Listen, UCLA has nothing in the tank. They can't win on the road. Kansas State is always up for these kinds of games. The game is in Phoenix. They can run the ball. They're solid along the defensive line. Not Will Greer. It's Will Geary, and I messed that one up. But I think they'll continue to keep UCLA one-dimensional. I don't think Kansas State wins. I think they win going away. Wow,
1: well, we'll see. It could be, from what I've heard, could be bill snyder's last game we'll see even but more I'll go of a back. reason how i'll a, go back how about to baylor last year they lost six straight they played boise state in the ball game and dominated don't turn your back on ucla i think they're a live dog in that matchup when we come back we'll be breaking down the other games later in the week joe lisi and ritz sermonello live on the fantasy sports radio network studio 34 On College Football Today, talking best selections. Let's jump right into it. My favorite bowl game all bowl season is the Sun Bowl. And if you're betting the Sun Bowl, you take the points with Arizona State. Last game for Todd Graham, Manny Wilkins, Kalen Balazs, Demario Richard. I think they're a live dog against NC
2: State and Ryan Finley. Are are you bucking for a, a spot on the El Paso Tourist Bureau because
1: you should. Rolling Hills of Texas, El Paso, 2.30 p.m. It's a 3 p.m. kick now.
2: It is a beautiful game. I like Arizona State as well. I don't know what to expect from NC State. I'm concerned. That Bradley Chubb may not play. If you take his sacks, his pressure out of that game, I think Manny Wilkins in that backfield could make some plays. So don't like it as much as you do, but I like the Sun Devils to cover as well.
1: Yeah, and I look at NC State's defense struggle with the mobility of Brandon Wimbush along with Kelly Bryant later in the year. That could be a matchup with Manny Wilkins on the perimeter in that ball game. We talked about Kansas State. I like UCLA to dominate, but you love... Bill Snyder and the yeah.
2: Wildcats is the best selection. You actually gave me more of a reason in the last <laughs> segment, which is if this is Bill Snyder's last game, talk about a send-off for the, for the venerable uh, coach. I love Kansas State. I think it'll matter more to them. They're a more complete football team. Those young quarterbacks, athletic, Delton and, and Skyler Thompson, now have had a month to prepare for a defense that is just god-awful against the run. I think it's a bad matchup for UCLA. Unless Josh Rosen puts on a show, a la the opener against Texas a and I don't see how UCLA competes in this game. Love I the Wildcats. See, I
1: see the headline. Rosen, 700 yards leads <laughs> yeah. the
2: Bruins to a rout over the comma, Wildcats. Comma, Cermonello uh, <laughs> is
1: in a drunken stupor after that game. <laughs> well, the next two games have me a little nervous because we're both on the same side. I mean, a team that, I told you, if I picked them again, I wanted you to slam slap me in the face yeah, I remember in that. Missouri. They turned it around to win six straight. We're going to get into that matchup against Texas in next segment, but I love what Drew Locke has done, leading FBS with 43 touchdown passes. I don't care that Tom Herman's the underdog. I love the Tigers in this ballgame.
2: Yeah, and I don't count this as a true underdog game. It's like <laughs> two points. I think Herman's an underdog when when nobody expects him to win. This is basically a toss-up game. I couldn't agree with you more. Missouri is absolutely positive Humped by the way they finished the season 1-5 of to start, 6 straight down the stretch Drew Locke, 43 touchdown passes Even the defense has begun to play a little bit better And I don't like the fact that Texas has so many players either opting out of this game or injured. So I wonder if they're really pumped up for this matchup. I like Mizzou. I will not slap you because I think the agreement was <laughs> if you pick them again in the regular season and now we're in the postseason. Well,
1: that was after they they got blown out by Auburn and they really yeah. turned it around. I mean, they beat teams like Florida and Tennessee down the stretch with interim head coaches. But I mean, they won those six ball games, Rich, by 30 points yeah. per game. They knocked out Brett Bielma in, in a classic game to end the year as well. So, in Fayetteville, this is a high-octane offense. This and game really...
2: matters to Mizzou, Joe. I, I, yeah. I, I think this team wants to finish 2017 with an ex- exclamation point, whereas Texas is sort of limping to the finish line. I think that's a bad matchup for the Longhorns.
1: Yeah, Next selection, we're both on the Utes against West Virginia. No Justin Crawford, no Will Greer. To me, it didn't matter. I, I Again, with not Will Greer, but more Justin Crawford. If he played, it still wouldn't matter to me. I like the Physicality of Utah in the trenches. I look for Huntley and Williams to break out, and Kyle Whittingham the better head coach. Ten point victory by the Utes
2: in this ball game. Nobody is better in the postseason than Kyle Whittingham. I think this is going to be a launching point for Tyler Huntley at quarterback for Utah. And West Virginia is an offensive driven program. Take the quarterback and the running back. Out of the picture. You can't rely on the defense in Morgantown, so I like the Utes as well. Yeah,
1: we'll see. There's
2: great games
1: next week. One of yeah. mine is the Sun Bowl that we touched on, but this pinstripe bowl that we're going to talk about in next segment really has me pumped up. Two blue-collar teams in Iowa and Boston College. We'll pick it up on the back end. When we come back, we'll be talking pinstripe bowl. New York City Yankees doesn't get better. Joe Lisi and Ritz Sermonello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34.